do it, Graham. 468. Comedy Oh, well, this donuts. is it? We're starting? No, no we're starting. Oh, I shit. swear to God. I just God. thought you were yeah. talking. I didn't no, know no. what the hell was going on. No, I don't waste a word. No, you don't, so, Chris. No. It's you... like uh, I'm completely silent for oh. uh, six days out of the week. So. <laughs> this is your one... The one time I get your... to talk. So yeah. this is like your cheat day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> your vow of silence cheat yes. day? <laughs> All right. So, Interesting way to do it. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know monasteries had a cheat day, but that's it's, cool. You know, it's uh, they're very progressive now. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, well, good. Everybody's kind of being more diverse yeah. in yeah. their thinking, mm-hmm. so they're letting talking into a right. monk's life. You know, there's too many rules. So. <laughs> yeah, those monasteries are yeah. all hemmed up yeah. with a lot Jesus. of rules, a lot of oh. fucking belly ache in those gotta monks. Shut up, write scrolls, oh, and make wine. I this get, is ridiculous. I gotta shave my head. I yeah. gotta tend the garden. I gotta wear this weird robe. And now I gotta learn kung fu. Oh, <laughs> no, you're in a kung fu monastery. <laughs> yeah. God, what is it's the too pro- much? It's like the robe thing is yeah. weird. Mm. I mean, I'm not in the choir. Right. Like, am I, yeah. is this like a spa? Now other schools are going to attack my monastery. Oh, no. Christ. <laughs> Great. Now I got to make hot water and oil yeah. and throw it down at them. Mm. That's another da- That's another task. <laughs> yeah. It's it's too much. It it's is too much. much. God. It's just enough, you know? Well, the monk life is yeah. just a pain in the ass. <laughs> And there's no reward. At best, you get to survive when your monastery gets burned down. Oh, That's it. right. I mean, no, the reward's in heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, Is I it? I want a place to live. Yeah. So, and make I don't my wear, I don't want to wear sandals all yeah. the time. Um, and then like somebody, an animal. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody's got to fight a dragon, then get a dragon tattooed on their chest, and then have to make two seasons of a horrible TV show. It's like, it's ridiculous. It takes too long. <laughs> uh, Was that a Game of Thrones thing at no, the end? No, no. Uh, oh. Uh, Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, Iron Fist. Oh, yes, Iron Fist. I've um, I've purged that from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, have a jam-packed show. We are going to be talking about John Wick <gasps> 3. We're going to be talking about See You Yesterday. And we're going to be talking about Rocket Man because our guests saw a preview well, screening. Well, mm-hmm. somebody has a time machine. I know. It's pretty cool. Well, who wouldn't? The, uh, the host of, uh, you know, Daily Tech News. Of course, he has a time machine. He has a time machine. Yeah, parked out back. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you kickstart that, or how did you pay for that? I, ne- I never get uh, overtime on the parking meter either. It just oh. keeps looping itself back. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, podcaster, writer, and uh, producer Tom Merritt, and space time continuum traveler. <laughs> Thank you for having me. What do you? How's everything been going over there at the? Yeah. Um, that thingy thing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that Christ. stuff, yeah. Well, I only speak once a year when you guys have me here, so it's, it's been pretty silent. Was that thing that Chris literally just said less than 10 seconds ago? How's that tech news show. Oh, yeah. yeah, that thing. It's going great. How's that yeah. nonsense going over there? People can never remember our name. It's too literal, but uh, other than that, it's fine. <laughs> now is that part of the monastery that they got Chris jacked up in? How's this fucking work? It's all those stairs. That's, yeah. that's oh, oh god! <laughs> you guys grow your own vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so now you do multiple podcasts. You do Daily Tech News. Which uh, what's your other ones? Uh, Cord Killers, where mm-hmm. we talk about uh, movies and TV shows from a cord cutting perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. Sword and Laser, science fiction and fantasy books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Current Geek, which is uh, us watching old movies and new TV shows and talking about geeky topics and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. So, see, I was just putting them all under one umbrella. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten. I knew there was a lot. Of course, and yeah. they all sort mm-hmm. of intertwine. Yeah, there was overlap right. on there's a lot a of theme. them. And yeah. there's no way you could have gotten at least one word correct. <laughs> That's <laughs> 
I got to remember tech or core. I'm going to start one called geek. All That Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you're pretty See? close. And that one should just be a recap of all those. Of all the other of ones. All the yeah. ones. It's, it's like highlights. A, yeah. It's a time machine episode. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> My it's clip like, show yeah. every week. It's like a This Week in Sports. You cover mm-hmm. all of them. But that hasn't happened yet. Oh, mm-hmm. or has it? See? I'm already excited about the, yeah. all that stuff show. Yeah. <laughs> and you were yesterday. <laughs> In fact, it was your idea. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I feel like I'm starting to become transparent because I yeah. somehow screwed myself up on a yeah. past episode. So let's talk about Daily Tech News show Parabellum. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the final. Yeah. We do have dogs. Yeah. 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 So uh, you've been doing it for how long now? Uh, it, it's been five years as of mm. January 2nd. Oh, this that's year. great. So, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's, it's a video and an audio podcast. Yeah. Right? Uh, we're and just getting uh, close to putting it on Twitch, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, but right now it's a RSS feed available on YouTube, and, and then mostly people listen to it on audio. Okay, great. All right. You can listen to me. I'm going to be on May 31st. Oh. The Daily Tech News Show. Yeah. Book that. Mm-hmm. Book mm-hmm. that, guys. Chris and, Mancini's uh, going to be We're talking. looking yep. forward to finally getting into the big leagues with our guests. Yeah. On May 31st. <laughs> so you're scouring the monasteries. Oh, man. Just uh, two days of, of not of breaking the vow of silence in that week. <laughs> so uh, let's really get started into this with John Wick 3 Parabellum. Uh, first of all, uh, you and I both said, does it really need to be called Parabellum? Just John Wick yeah. 3. Yeah, it's fine. And uh, it, uh, for those of you that don't know, Parabellum comes from the Latin phrase, Civis passum Parabellum, which means if you want peace, prepare for war. But of course, Parabellum is two words. And uh, it's also the alternate name for the 9mm handgun cartridge, the 9mm Parabellum. So in other words, two reasons, it's completely unnecessary. So Two, <laughs> two reasons that less than 3% of the population is going to know what it means. Yes. And Holly Berry broke three ribs while filming this movie. Oh, my God. And she also acted as dog trainer during the production. So I, uh, she wore many hats on this movie. How do you... Break three ribs being a dog trainer. Uh, she was doing stunts too, and then maybe falling on the dog. I don't know. Was, was Dogs love ribs. Yeah, they do. They do. They go right at them. But yeah. I'll tell you, this movie uh, again is exactly what you would expect. My favorite line from anybody on Facebook was uh, when Rick Myers saw it, and he actually put on Facebook, "This movie was too much, even for me." <laughs> Too much what? <laughs> too much John Wickness? Yeah, too much. I mean, it really was. Um, Peak Wick. There, now, I'll say I missed the second one, So, but let me put it this way. I was not lost oh, on the uh, the third one. I John kind of Wick have an idea. Universe yeah, timeline? What happened? But um, I will say this, though. If you watch all of these these movies back-to-back, at the end, you will be completely desensitized to violence. So there's a, uh, there's a benefit there. Um, the trailer is a little... It's ridiculous. But the movie just... Um, it's a cartoon. It, at right. this point, it's just a cartoon. And uh, it's like, how many people are he, is he going to kill? Oh, he's falling out of buildings and and he's not, he, you know, it, the most that can happen to John Wick is he gets up and goes, oh, I mean, that's it. But he still <laughs> always gets up and apparently is never hurt. He's literally indestructible. Um, every once in a while, you might see a tiny little uh, scrape or something on his on his head, but he, uh, uh, he certainly seems to take no damage. Um, he's, 
he uh, or no prisoners it sounds like yeah early in john wick chapter three the indestructible hero finds himself in a room filled with revolvers from the 19th century he swaps parts of the revolvers and listens to the mechanism as he twirls the cylinders and apparently that's a homage to a scene in sergio uh leone's the good the bad and the ugly Hmm. when eli wallach is assembling a revolver to suit his taste and that scene by the way goes on for way too long (laughs) yeah so basically what this movie is is just creative ways uh, for gun and um, <laughs> knife violence. And there are, I will say this, it does have a lot of creative ways to mm. have this fighting. I mean, everything from horseback, he kills a guy with a book. Uh, <laughs> and uh, um, apparently... Stay in school. M- motorcycle, <laughs> motorcycle ninjas, you know, he's he's able to fight them. But I, I want to say one thing about the production because as filmmakers... Goddamn motorcycle ninjas. This, they you just, know, they're, they're everywhere now. You can't get away like from them. It's like those scooters. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> So <laughs> bird scooter ninjas, yep. the yep. worst. Yeah. They're unbelievable. Yeah, you just need an app and you can get a motorcycle oh, ninja you know, you anywhere be- you want. Beep, boop, boop, and here mm-hmm. you go. It's like a dollar for the first kill. So, yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while it tries to put a little backstory in it, but it, let's put it this way. It's very little and it doesn't slow anything down. You know, there's okay. a couple of cameos and it's, you know, that's back to the shooting and the killing. But and the I, parabellum. I, and the parabellum, yeah. But I will say this from a production standpoint. It's interesting because... Um, when gun violence was shot before that we had all of these visual effects, it was squibs and blood packs. And the way things were shot and done on sets was that because for safety, even with a blank in the gun, you could never point a gun directly at somebody. So it was always a cheat when someone yeah. would actually get shot. And even when like somebody had a gun to somebody's head and there was a trigger pull, it would either had to be visual effects or like no one would do a blank at that range. So this movie... Or it was a uh, gun that had, it just clicked, like it had no right. chamber mm-hmm. or exactly. anything yeah, like that. Exactly, yeah, there were, there were uh, replica guns right. that wouldn't fire. So then this is clearly is what's going on in this uh, movie because every single fire, gunfire, gunshot, is a giant muzzle flash. Um, it sounds like a Civil War cannon every single time a handgun is fired. So, antibellum. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's antibellum. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Tom Merritt from the All That Stuff podcast. (laughs) Time-traveling Civil War humorist. Uh, (laughs) I was just there. He was just there. Oh, Um, great. How was the Civil War, by the way? Good? I won't spoil it for you. Okay, no spoilers. So this, because this movie, it literally is, I'd say 80% of the kills are John Wick putting a gun to somebody's head and then shooting multiple, if you shoot somebody in the head, you don't need two shots. You really don't. (laughs) Uh, But then my favorite part of those when, oh, there's armored enemies. It was like watching a video game. And they're like, oh, armored enemies, they're armored. I can't get through it. I have to get closer, lift up the visor and shoot through the visor (laughs) to people. But... Because everything is clearly a visual effect because all of those shots, and also no one needs to reload, which is also very helpful. Uh, um, <laughs> so, because even when I shot the short film Hit Clown, we used squibs and blood packs. So when these guns fired with blanks in them, so you also saw not only like a, tr- a little bit of smoke, but you know the shell casings come out of the guns. Right. Now, on this one, really the main focus was the muzzle flashes. Like they're giant and huge on every single gunshot. Um, you didn't really see a lot of that stuff with practical effects that were there, like you know the 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 slow um, stream of smoke that would come out of the 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 muzzles of the guns, or the even like the occasionally see the shells, like if like then they would be visually put in effects wise too. Uh, but it's 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 definitely different than having like practical gun effects. But again, 
much safer. You could do a lot of these things that uh, you don't have to worry about a discharge from a weapon. So I can see why Hollywood is for sure going this way. But it also creates this ridiculous cartoon caricature violence of, uh, you know, a handgun that has a thousand bullets in it that only shoots people in the head. So... and even like even some of these weird cartoon rules for the guns started to get broken. Like, uh, okay, well, if they're all armored up, now we need these high-powered shotguns. So we're shooting the shotguns. That just blew a guy's head off. But wait, you're shooting the guy with the shotgun, but now that's okay. He's still alive. Now we have to shoot him in the head again with the pistol. It's like, well, wait, what's how powerful is this shotgun? It's changing from scene to scene. <laughs> um, so it's really one of those movies that... No one's going to be disappointed going in to see it. It's exactly what it it um, sets out to be. It's a giant gun violence, crazy violent action movie with very little plot or script or characters or development. But you don't go to these movies for those things. So, so in what that was way, it, what, it like, serves its purpose. What, what was the basic plot? The basic plot is because he killed somebody at the uh, hotel in the second one. Um, that's the the hotel that you're not allowed to kill anybody at, and he killed somebody there. So there's a contract out in his life for uh, millions of dollars that all the other assassins want to uh, okay. collect. So all the other assassins are after him. So it's literally mm-hmm. scene after scene of like, okay, here's the ninja assassins are after him. Here's the, uh, you know, then the he the white guy assassins and then it's like all the different like <laughs> assassin teams that uh, come in. Yeah, yeah, they came that come after him and then the um. He's trying to get help from the the Russians, and then you know the table or whatever it is that's like the word for like the syndicate. Then they come after the people that help him. So then there's these the sideline of all this extra violence that doesn't involve John Wick, uh, like that has like Lawrence Fishburne and uh, um, what's his name, the guy from Deadwood, uh, Ian McShane. Yeah, Ian yeah, McShane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and he, he's such a great actor too. It's like when you have like guys like him and like Lawrence Fishburne, they um, they're hamming it up in this movie but it's fun you know because they're such good actors you can tell they're kind of having fun and enjoying it i mean but you know the action is good it's crazy it's fun and it's you know it it is it's one of those movies it just it is what it is it's uh don't go looking for anything more than it is because you'll be disappointed but if you're just looking for a a mindless action movie that will literally shoot people and knife people for two hours this is your movie (laughs) (laughs) it almost feels like it's too much like you, but I agree with Rick, though it is. It's like it's like how many times can you see someone uh, get stabbed or shot over and over again? Right. You need you need to hang a little bit on a story. There's a lot of bellum, not a lot of para. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's no preparing at yeah, all. It's yeah, just, it's, 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 it's just <laughs> there's no preparing. Right. It's just the mm-hmm. war part mm-hmm. of it. I love it. Yeah, pretty much. Aren't the John Wick movies now just apologies for killing the dog in the first one too? Like we're we're really sorry. We're going to show you more dogs that survive while we kill everyone else. Yeah, I mean they do reference that too, which is kind of funny. And it's like, uh, well, all this for a dog. It's not about the dog. But then that's that's as far as they go, <laughs> as far as backstory. Well, then what is it about? No, that conversation's never had. Um, I'm like, oh no, kind of sounds like it's about the dog. So. Uh, so, it, it, but it, it's it's also it's got those great cliches of like, you got out once, now you're back in, and now you're on the run, and like all these great. I'm like, okay. It feels yeah. like plot wise, it's sort of taking the Fast and Furious road mm-hmm. of like the first one or two Fast and Furious was like trying to have a legitimate, trying to be serious, serious yeah. thing. There's a, the undercover really, and then. Like John Wick five or six is just gonna be like John Wick inside yeah, yeah. of a whale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this really bordered on like there was a couple like 
almost like uh, we're almost getting into James Bondy science fictiony stuff here, like uh, mm-hmm. with the secret organizations and the syndicates and the um, the endless amount of assassins and hitmen that seem to be in New York. Uh, uh, but what I love too, uh, you know, a lot of times you have these scenes that are shot like in darkness or the assassins are you know in helmets so it's great you only can use the same four stuntmen over and over again because you don't see their faces it doesn't matter so it's almost like an expendables movie oh this first wave of enemies looks remarkably similar to that second wave of enemies that come in um cousins yeah (laughs) but yeah there's more dogs and there's more dogs it's a big assassin family yeah yeah yeah. the dogs join in the fight which is hilarious oh wow the train the train dogs that are attacking people and uh um i will say it you know some of the scenes were action choreographed beautifully i mean it looked it really was like a, a a violence ballet almost like uh some of it was very reminiscent of like some of john woo's work oh okay uh, which was cool uh but again if you the thing about john woo is if you only get violent scenes it like it it's like okay is that how you started to feel like towards the end like yeah it's like all right enough i got got it i got it yeah yeah yeah, totally because again it was over two hours long i'm like "Mm, doesn't need to be didn't Mm -hmm. need to be this long so all right that's john wick three everything you expect it to be (laughs) (laughs) all right well tom why don't you since rocket man comes out in a week a little over a week Mm -hmm. but you saw it Mm -hmm. tell us because we had some both of us we've watched this trailer numerous times and and my i personally am like it's too gay is it too- <laughs> yeah no, i didn't stop that. it's uh, just the right it's amount just, just yeah. the right amount of gay um as i said i was like because it looks cool because it's sort of like the trailer at least makes it look like this very stylized version where it goes off into these sort of fantasy sequences but the the question is you know the the biopic sometimes sometimes they're too paint by the numbers mm-hmm. or sometimes they take too many liberties and those were our like is the concern going into this movie so tell us without any spoilers yeah, yeah. what did you how is it for you and what were you first tell us your expectations going yeah, into yeah. it from I, seeing the trailer well i you know i came into this like everybody else kind of in my head thinking of bohemian rhapsody uh, and the the strengths and weaknesses of that movie, uh, and I liked Bohemian Rhapsody as sort of a music video, mm-hmm. I, and I've heard lots of people say that, and that's how mm-hmm. I best enjoyed it. Like you know, Rami Malek does a great job. I get to hear a bunch of Queen music. Eh, the story is definitely not accurate and certainly not that compelling, but they they get there in the end. The Elton John movie is not at all like that in any way. This is oh, and, and the studio doesn't want people to say this, but this is a musical. This is this oh. is taking Elton John's songs and putting them into Elton John's life in places where they work. And I have to say, they work really well. I was impressed by how they would take lyrics that weren't meant for the story and found places to put them. But because of that, it's not chronological. You're going to see little, you know, 12-year-old Elton John singing songs that Elton John writes 20 years later because oh, they fit into the story oh. at that point. And so it's not a biopic. It's not oh, telling a factual okay. account of Elton's life. It's my the way I think of it is it's telling you what it felt like to be Elton John. So there there's things from his life that are real and real characters. And Bertie Topin, I think, gets a, a pretty good shake. You know, he's given his credit for for all the writing he does. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, movie's not in the trailer. Yeah. That's, <laughs> right. Uh, right. But but mm-hmm. I but I but it is not going to be if you're looking for like i want to learn about elton john's life well you're still going to have to go read the wikipedia article afterwards to find out what was real (laughs) and what was not because like Mm -hmm. you see in the trailer 
the you know the him playing at the troubadour and everyone floating that's showing you what it was like to be there it's not right. and that's kind of what this movie is right like. that was the emotional yeah you felt like you were floating it was so magical right somebody already put on twitter i was there and we all did float so. <laughs> okay well i take it back <laughs> yeah this right, movie so. is factually accurate yeah. from beginning get back in your time machine tom yeah. <laughs> and do a little more research i should have gone and visited so <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's good actually I, i'm glad to hear that because now it sounds more interesting. It, now, t- it does sound more interesting. Mm-hmm. And I won't have personally the expectation of wanting like a good biopic. You're just giving me an, an inventive musical that sort of tells, Yeah. oh, he wrote that song about the way he felt when he was 12. Maybe. S- maybe yeah. subject to the filmmaker's interpretation. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Which is really, that's cool. And and you don't shy away from his struggles with alcohol and drugs mm-hmm. and, and, and his, uh, you know, worrying about being discovered before it was okay to come out. Right. That's all in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it, whether whether it actually happened the way it does in the movie, I gave up even worrying about. But that's, it's like, <laughs> okay. okay, this is... This is an impressionistic. That, well, yeah, that's Got and that's it. great. When a filmmaker mm-hmm. makes that clear, I think when those fail is when they try to do both. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's like I'm glad the filmmaker just picked one and went picked a lane. All right, lane. this is what it's going to be. This is going to be. It's going to be very impressionist, very stylized, and it's a musical. And it's a musical, so you don't have to sit there and wonder did this happen or not. You're mm-hmm. just going to go, "Oh, cool. You're giving me this artistic interpretation of Elton John's life through his music." Right. Love it. Yeah. And it, that because I, you know, without I'm not going to give any spoilers, but that becomes fairly clear pretty quickly in the right movie now taron edgerton how did he do because he actually did all the singing in the film yeah he did great mm-hmm. uh i you know, it, it was the kind of thing not so much as with rami malik where i i felt rami malik sort of became uh um now i can, I can only think of elton john now i've wiped queen out of my memory freddie mercury, freddie mercury uh, he yeah. became a freddie mercury uh taron edgerton made me forget he's taron egerton mm. uh okay. and and so you know i was i was on the ride with his version of Elton John. And the singing was not a thing I thought about after the first couple of songs. Okay. Uh, you're starting with his childhood, so you get, uh, I, I think, a very talented young actor doing songs right. early. Once Taryn comes on and starts singing, the first time you're like, oh, okay, Taryn, let me see what you, you've got here. And it's good. Uh, and 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 not mimicky, but also not so far off that you're thrown off. Mm. I think I li- I, well, James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe were considered to play Elton John, as was Tom Hardy. Yes, uh, that would have been much, uh, probably a much different film if any of those had been cast. They're Can all it, very unique. Yeah, actors. yeah, they're yeah. all very different too. And I don't know if they sing. Do they sing? Is that a th- I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. I, I for some reason I assumed Daniel Radcliffe could do anything because he was Harry Potter once. Right, so he could just <laughs> magic it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He doesn't wasn't he in a musical or something? Was Equus a musical? I have no idea. Anyway, yeah. I'm really glad it was Taron Egerton. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, because he apparently has a real passion for singing. He recorded songs for Eddie the Eagle and Sing. Well, let me it. ask you this, Tom. Because the, the filmmakers went into this with a stylized fantasy version, sort of, did that give it, for you as the viewer, a little more license for the casting and interpretation of Elton John through um, Taron Edgerton. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, had, it been more of a, had it been more of a straightforward biopic. I wonder if I'd have been harder on it. Like Malik, yeah. when you're doing more straightforward, Malik looked, they made him look, they, they gave him the yeah, teeth, yep, they made yep. him look like yeah, Freddie Mercury. Like him. Mm-hmm. So, but when you're, and he, because he was doing more 
acting scenes and talking like Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. like that's more, and obviously Freddie Mercury has sort of a very unique voice just in his conversation, or he did in his unique voice and everything. Whereas, I mean, not that Elton doesn't, but you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I think I didn't even realize that, but I probably was a little more forgiving because of that. On the other hand, and maybe it's me, but I don't think of Elton John outside of his music ever. Hmm. So when he's just having conversations in the movie, there's there's nothing in my mind that's comparing it to like, oh, well, I've seen so many interviews right, with Elton John. Right. I, I suppose if you're a super fan, that that might be a, a consideration for you. I don't know how many reports there have been of like Elton John trashing hotel rooms, like, you know, as he's touring. Like, you know, it doesn't seem like, you know, it has that kind of wild <laughs> he, reputation. Yeah, he left so many feathers. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of it too. They is that a boa fight. <laughs> the costumes help because uh, they actually do a thing in the credits where they, they kind of show you real pictures of Elton John at the end and, and, it, and it's helped me go wow so they that's really like he dressed up in that kind of thing and the costume becomes so much Elton that you can't really see whether it'd be Elton or Taron behind it anyway mm. some of some of those mid 70s costumes for sure right when he was really over the top yeah when he's everything. got the big glasses and the headdresses and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, well that's interesting hmm. well, I'm, now I really want to see it yeah, I was on the fa- I wasn't too, yeah. sure uh, because I didn't know if it was going to be a big misstep for the filmmakers or they, they tried to do too much, but now that makes me really want to, I want to see a sort of impressionistic fantasy version of it. I was uh, was a little disappointed with how good it was because we have a movie draft, uh, that mm -hmm. we all do. And, I I was like ah it won't it won't outdraw Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) I think it might. All right. Do you think it's uh, award worthy? I think the singing might detract from. Egerton getting his due for the acting Mm. Uh, because the fact that Rami didn't sing, everyone really focused on the parts that were dramatic and they're very dramatic. The fact that Taryn is singing and it's such a a fantasy version of the story, uh, I wonder if that'll keep people from giving him his due because I I think he definitely captured Elton John. I think he did a fantastic performance. Well, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if when Golden Globes come around, it's like when they have that dumb comedy slash musical category. Yeah, right. It'll probably end up there, for sure. No, it'll end up in drama. Yeah. Pay attention to what the categories mean. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, obviously, I don't know, We're it's May. We're getting very mm-hmm. early, but this is definitely Oscar bait-ish in right. the sense that soundtrack, yeah, yeah. costume, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, could de- it will definitely get some it'll get some of those i would imagine who knows right. what what's left to come up the rest of the year but it would if it it would get some of those but then as as you say tom does it have enough for it to automatically get a best actor or something like that or, yeah and i wonder if voters will will maybe unfairly be be distracted by that hmm. interesting all right all right so graham you saw see you yesterday this is the um uh, spike lee Kind of coming of age. He produced slash, it. He didn't direct uh, it. Oh, he didn't direct it. He okay. produced it. Um, um, kind of time travel movie. You know, Speaking it, of time travel. It, it, was, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. It's 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 exclusive to Netflix. And, you know, I love time travel stories. And it does the thing without any going into any spoilers of going back to try to change something. Now, this is in the trailer if you watch it. Right. So, so there's these two nerdy kids who live like, I think, in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of the, the girl, it's a girl and a boy. They're both, I would say four, 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And her brother gets shot by the cops. Right. Mm. 
So they're obviously they're black. He's an unarmed black man who gets shot by the cops. So that that's that's part of the story. And then right. they go back in time to try to fix it. And you know that, um, like a lot of this happens in a lot of time travel stories. Obviously, butterfly effect, whatever. Right. We'll just go back and fix this one thing, and then that opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah, and then and, you come back, and New York is destroyed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so. Th- the thing that was so interesting about it was, you know, in all these time travel stories, it's it's usually like nerdy suburban white kids. Mm-hmm. So these are nerdy nerdy urban black kids, you know, right. in the Bronx, and but they're just ner- they're still nerds, mm-hmm. and that was the thing that was really inventive and cool. And you know, she's reading Stephen Hawkins' A Brief History of Time, mm-hmm. and which I think is good and it's powerful to say. Um, it's it's something Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I'm going to paraphrase this and, and butcher it, but but he was talking about, he responded to like the, you know, when people say, well, girls just don't take to science the way boys do. That's why there aren't as many. And he's like, mm, maybe it's how we're raising them. Cause I was a young black and everyone told me you should play basketball and you should play football. And he says, I don't want to, I want to study science. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, he yeah. said it in a 10 times more articulate way than right. I just said it. Um, but he, you know, he- But the point is cultural bias for sure. The cult mm-hmm. is cultural bias. And mm-hmm. so this movie really helps just- display that just from the opening these these are two nerdy kids we were just talking about this last week diversity starts at the story level yeah mm-hmm. it does mm-hmm. and it didn't and they didn't have to make a big point of that mm-hmm. and these are kids living in the bronx so there's there's fighting and gang stuff and whatever else and you know and and violence and shooting and not just from the cops but crime right. and and all this other stuff while gang violence yep mm-hmm. while they're two kids trying to figure out time travel, right? which is awesome. And, you know, they're two nerds trying to figure this out. There's a great little thing in here that the teacher um, in the opening scene is Michael J. Fox. I know, that's great. I thought that was like, oh, well, somebody's making a joke. I'm like, oh, no, he really was in this movie. That's oh, great. it was so great. And, and, and she's like, how come we got a B plus for our time travel experiment? He's like, well, I don't think you guys understand the ramifications. Of it's so like, oh, awesome shout out. And apparently uh, there's a drawing of a flux capacitor on the board at the laboratory yep. as a reference to Back to the Future. There's a lot of really mm-hmm. cool things like that. Obviously the filmmakers, um, you know, were probably kids in the 80s when these movies came out and, mm-hmm. and saw this. So so they, they did a lot of referencing to that. Um, Without getting into spoilers, there's a couple things towards the end where I was like, mm. I think I wanted the female characters to arc a little more, mm-hmm. me personally, in her writing, because she's a stubborn young girl and she wants to do her, her way. And then so that sort of, no, I want to do it this way kind of causes some problems. And I wanted to see that. I wanted to see her learn from that a little more. Right. And so there's a little too much just constant arguing and fighting with mm-hmm. everybody. And they established that early on. You're fighting with everybody. You're going to get yourself in trouble because she's like getting up in guys' faces and her older brother's like, hey, stop it. You're fighting. And also, you know, you're the smart one. Stop acting. There's a line where he says like, you're acting like a hood rat. Mm. You know? (laughs) The older brother says that to her. Mm. And, and, you know, so it's like they established these things about her character that I'm like, oh, this going back in time and not taking it serious because that's they established that again michael j fox early on they established this thing mm-hmm. do you understand the severity of what you're doing even mm-hmm. her uh best friend the guy that is her assistant he's like 
Because the first time they go back, she just like gets revenge on an ex-boyfriend or something. And he's like, hey, her 13-year-old best friend is like, wait, do you understand what this is about? Mm-hmm. And then I kind of feel like <laughs> she, they make this big point of establishing it and they didn't, they didn't do enough of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm nitpicking because if it's just, if you're a 13-year-old who this movie can potentially turn you on to getting involved in science, especially if you're like in the inner city and you're like, wow, kids that look like me living in my type of neighborhood are doing, fuck, then mm-hmm. I, if, that's, mm-hmm. if that's what it does, great. Then, then, mm-hmm. then it's a fantastic movie and maybe I'm being too nitpicky. Um, but overall, I liked it. It's really okay. inventive, but it, it is a movie for like 13 or 14 year old kids. Right. So, mm-hmm. so maybe my criticisms are, might have resonated for with the kids. The that, kids would, yeah. wouldn't be uh, b- bitching about story arc or character right. arc. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it I have is enough problems. Yeah, yeah. I'll I recommend just, it for my kids then. I would, I would mm-hmm. really want to see what 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 your kids think. And of it's it. present day, present day. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Except when they go back. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But it takes place like their first jump is like June twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. So the right. filmmakers like did a wise job of projecting mm-hmm. it out and <laughs> they time traveled yes uh, <laughs> that's my birthday really yeah huh Ooh. wow not anymore not anymore <laughs> <laughs> we used to be yeah. we went back and changed it <laughs> so it's it's really cool and, and there's a lot of fun stuff in it they don't have a huge budget and they don't let that right. get in the way right mm. great science fiction you know i love micro budget science fiction where it's all about the big idea more than the big effect. Exactly. Yeah. And they really address, they talk a lot about the big idea. And again, we've heard this before in time travel movies, but when they applied it to a part of American culture and society that we've never talked about time travel in the inner city and mm-hmm. what it would do to potentially undo a horrific crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it sounds like it's all about setting. They're like, yes. look, you just put it here where these actual people live and yes. all these other things will just naturally arise from the story. Yeah. These actual things that are happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know these these unarmed black men getting shot. This is happening on a you know on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and the cops are getting acquitted, and all of this stuff. And so let's put cool time travel into it. Mm-hmm. It was like really inventive, smart, smart stuff. So oh, great, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And oh, I want to check it out again for kids. It's super smart. Mm-hmm. Cool. For film nerds, maybe I'm being too. But it is the kind of time travel where you can change things. It just obviously has ramifications. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you, you, th- they do go back and change things, but it. Yeah, yeah. There's all a right. can of worms and a mm-hmm. whole right. thing. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go back, and then we got to go back and change that thing for that thing and that thing, and which mm-hmm. is which is which is great. Mm-hmm. I call that non-looper time travel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is not Looper time travel. This is better than Looper. This sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. on Netflix. So oh, you can cool. just watch the watch mm-hmm. it whenever you need to. All right. Sounds like uh, you know, kind of same time travel as like maybe like Bill and Ted. That kind of uh that kind of like those kind of rules that they uh they did. Remember when they were outside the police station? When they're like, oh, if we only had the keys. Hey, here are the keys. Now we got to remember in the future to come back and actually put them there so they're there when we got here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's part of the thing, too. That, and this is, this is good, and this is where... Because they're 13-year-old kids that are trying to map out this highly right. complicated mm-hmm. scientific and moral quandary mm-hmm. as 13-year-old kids. So that was like, yeah. that's where I'll, that's I, cool. I'll cut them some slack. All right. Well, guess what we have, Graham? We have some Patreon sponsors. 
Yeah. Yep. We uh, and this is the fifty dollar level on uh, Patreon. We will read your ad for your uh, item, service, website, whatever it is, uh, one line and the URL. Mm. So Johnny Rulon, he Johnny. still has his novel Rulon. Green Cheek. Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. Hello, Junkie. It's, it's an experimental stream of consciousness novel. Follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time dreams and the hidden places of a supernatural America. HappyHorrorShowProductions.com. HappyHorrorShowProductions.com. Fanboy Planet, a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comics news, your movie news, TV news, and amazing interviews with industry insiders and artists. FanboyPlanet.com. I did an interview with Fanboy Planet. Nice. So I will uh, let you guys know when it uh, is live. Cool. So really good guys uh, over there. They have, a, they have a real nice operation. Uh, and for uh, Chris Parker Howard, from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, the dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. Coffee over suicide. I've been following account. their Twitter f- or Instagram account, and it's mm-hmm. very it's really cool. Oh, cool. So, so I, would, I would check them out. Check for sure. that out for sure. Um, Alice Frazier. Uh, I also follow her on Instagram. Yes. Co-host of, uh, she's always busy, that Alice Frazier. Always busy, mm-hmm. doing shows yep. and taking breaks and surfing. Yep. The Bugle, oh, she surfs? I didn't she know surfs, that. yeah. Nice. I gotta go surfing with yeah. her. The Bugle Podcast, host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. Go to alicefraser.com for more info. alicefraser.com with an S. And Rebecca Evans, The Art Podcast. New episode with writer Mark Silver talking about the realities of art and life. Ooh. Find The Art Podcast on social media and theartpodcast.com with an S. The I follow podcast. Rebecca on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Instagram's kind of changing. Isn't a lot about video now? There's a lot more video yeah. content on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, follow us at Comedy Film Nerds. Come mm-hmm. to think of it. Check it out. All right. Let's get to some trailers, Graham. And uh, let's get to first one is the sequel that no one asked for. Angel is Fallen. Oh, thank God. Hold on. Let's do it. And those... Oh, Buffalo. Oh, oh, there's something happening. Yeah. Really what like it is, it's not exactly clear, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold out here. Sorry. I ain't anything to get out of D.C. for a while. God, Morgan Freeman. I Mike, always just think of Easy Reader from Electric Company. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I'll give him my best shot, sir. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. What's going is on? Is it birds? Wait. What are those what? things? Oh, no. Oh, it's drones. I'm coming to you! You're coming at your mark! Get him in the water, Cap! Go! Damn it. Did you just throw the president in the water? He sure did. It's the only way to save him, Grandma. Oh, I got you. Going under. Dive deep. There's been an assassination attempt on the president. Mike Banning. You're being charged with the attempted murder of the President of the United States. Come on. But I... What, but he just... He saved him. Don't you see that I'm being set up? Oh, you mean because you saved the President in two other movies? No, that never occurred to us. Clearly, you're guilty. It's like the Rockford Files. Like, he saved Los Angeles so many times, and they still treated him like a joke. Yeah. 
The president's not safe. Then what? Try and finish the job. The president? You mean after an assassination attempt, he's still not safe? Oh, they still want him dead? I thought it was just a one-time, like yeah. a one-off. And then the, the rest of the movie me? is a congressional inquiry. I want security for the president. How do you think, Dad? Oh, Nick Nolte is the dad. It's oh! Great. I raised you to be a special op, yeah. not a <laughs> crime, baby. Dressed as a lumberjack. There's no crying in Secret Service. <laughs> I know I was hard on you, but it made you who you are. Don't worry about finding me. I'll find you. Oh, okay. oh there's a baby. Listen, and a boy, kid. I hope his family's safe. Are, yeah. are they going to make it personal? This, this, but not, not every time. Now it looks like he's trying to save him again. So clearly, we're in the third, the third act of the film. By the end of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, if they want to keep making these movies, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I how many of them have you seen? I've seen. I think I saw Olympus. Mm-hmm. I did not see London. Okay. Um, and I this one fishing trip has fallen. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know about Lake Havasu. <laughs> Bass boat has fallen. Uh, I I love how they're they're like, is that a flock of birds? Like, what is this radar from World War II? We can't tell what these things are. They wouldn't have any radar in place. They wouldn't go. There's 45 metal objects flying. All flying at the same speed and not changing formation. Clearly, that's birds. That's got to be birds. It's forming into yeah. an attack formation. <laughs> you definitely aren't on the lookout for that Mm-mm. when the president is out on a boat in the yeah. middle of the lake. Listen. In wide open space. Wide open space. <laughs> Expectations have fallen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Training protocols yeah. have fallen. So many things. What, like, do they, have they even just, you know, Googled... <laughs> What the kind of security is involved when the president goes out and about? No. He's in Duck, duck go. That's <laughs> <what> <laughs> It's like when the president does anything, mm-hmm. any president, they have hospitals prepped with his blood type. Uh, we don't need to do any research. Just whatever you need. Just watch Air Force One. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that Kirk you, Douglas? Was he? Or? Uh, was, uh, um, Harrison Ford. Harrison oh, Ford. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Russell. He Wasn't he one of those guys too in one of them? Oh, I'm sure he was Executive there. Decision. Yeah, he yeah. was in one of them. Yeah, sure. just watch Executive Decision. Yeah, yeah, that should yeah. be all the research you need. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Angel has fallen. That feels like something I don't... I wouldn't even take the time to watch on a plane. Yeah, I can see that. Because right. I would just be like, come on. That's what you watch on a, on a, a transatlantic flight when you're fine if you fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> you've already yeah. watched three yeah. movies. Like, and you still right. have, just want to have flickering images yes Mm -hmm. you still have seven hours left of your flight they've already given you dinner and the slippers yeah the melatonin hasn't quite kicked in. hasn't quite kicked in yet (laughs) and you're like okay well we'll just leave this on yeah and i'll have the headphones loosely around my skull (laughs) and if this flight is any more hours i'm gonna hang myself that was called maze runner for me (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i hear you (laughs) chris had some high expectations on maze runner (laughs) All right, next one is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, oh. which is a sequel to uh, Maleficent. Other when ads invade, tough moms So somebody best. said, Graham, try to have these more queued up, and I can't 
get get raid. all of this and stuff too queued up. It takes because then it'll just start auto playing YouTube auto play. So that's why you're hearing a dumb ad that mm -hmm. I can't get past. Right. Thank you so much for listening <laughs> <laughs> and complaining. <laughs> <laughs>
this movie was actually pretty good. I liked it better than the second one. Uh, I'm a big fan of this franchise. It's interesting because these franchises blow out so much where it's like then it's not just the movies. Then there's like eight different series on Netflix that you have to catch up to know exactly what's going on, but which I did not. But my son did because he watches all of those. All right. And uh, But what I really liked about it, it's that kind of movie that clearly they had Toy Story 3 on in the background while they were making it. Like, <laughs> like how are we going to end this on a poignant note? And sure enough, that's that's what they did. And um, they hit literally all of the exact same beats. But here's the thing. They worked. So it didn't really even feel really like contrived or stolen. Um, it felt like it was earned, like, uh, you know, because it made a lot of sense. And it had some interesting things about, like, dragons and growing up and, you know, instead of uh, letting go of the toys, basically you're letting go of the dragons. So uh, it, it's definitely a, a good ending to the, the trilogy. And Because mm-hmm. I saw the first two. Yeah. I loved the first one. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the first one in uh, 3D, 3D and mm-hmm. I was like, man, this was great. Right. Uh, and the second one was like okay yeah i didn't really like the second one too much and so i but i, I didn't get to see this one yeah it was good it was yeah. better than the second one it was uh, probably on par with the first one for sure but All again right. it was like a, a good um ending for the series what i like about it too did they do and you did they oh they wrapped up there's not ra- gonna be any more this okay. is it uh but what i liked about it too is animated movies rarely do this when they do have sequels is Every movie, they aged the characters. Oh. So there was like that uh, progression mm. of time. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to see because it's the cheapest thing as well. We already have the model on the computer. Why would we change it? But they actually did each time. And also you could see the level of detail increased as the technology got better <laughs> for the third one. So this is probably the most beautiful of all, all three. Uh, and the next movie is The Upside. The Upside is a remake of a French film <laughs> I think called the Intouchables. Um, yes, this is the Kevin Hart, um, Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston version. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's a millionaire or billionaire, or whatever, but he's confined to a wheelchair. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. And I didn't see this, but I did see the original, and I will say the original was really good. I really liked it. So um, this one didn't really do that well in the box office, but uh, I actually I can't speak to how it was. So if anybody saw it, uh, let us know on on Twitter or Facebook or the message boards uh, what you thought of it. So, and the last one is, isn't it romantic? This is the um, Rebel Wilson parody of romantic comedies. It, the, the trailer actually looked funny. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't see it. It looked like the best comedy of 1997. <laughs> 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 Go see it happened one night. Yes. And then right to, isn't it romantic? So, I must have had access to Tom's time. Yes, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it the back. filmmakers had it clearly. <laughs> wow. Um, so you could check that out. And uh, we have uh, premiering this week. We have Aladdin. Uh, you know, I got to say, every trailer that comes Come out makes on. me want to see this less and less. The movie, yes. the, I was driving down the street and I saw a billboard and I was like, ugh enough yeah and i'm like well maybe the trailers will get progressively better maybe they're just not showing me everything i'm like oh now i've seen enough that you've shown me enough well the uh the nda is wednesday too which is never a good sign oh Oh, yeah man Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that tells you they know it's bad right Mm -hmm. for those listening that's the non-disclosure agreement which means they do advanced screenings to for movie reviewers and stuff like that and if they can't be released until yeah. a certain day. They can't release any... Uh, and, and can't do your reviews. Your reviews or anything like that until Wednesday. Mm. That's a bad sign because that if the closer it is to the release date, they know it's horrible. The skyscraper NDA, for instance, was Friday. 
the day it came out. (laughs) 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 Movies that they know are good and they'll release it a week later sometimes. Yeah. You know, you'll get some advanced screening reviews because Mm -hmm. they're confident that that will help drive uh, people to the theater. It'll help drive the buzz. Yeah. Whereas this will do the opposite. Yeah. Uh, But here's the thing about these movies, no matter how bad they are or how, um, even like just boring they are as far as remakes go there's always be like that uh, amount of tickets they're always going to get because kids are going to want to go see it and every time a kid goes to see it you get two tickets Mm -hmm. because you get at least one parent that goes too right so there's not a lot of other kids movies out right now no uh -uh, there isn't so this is it's a good time to uh release it even if it is horrible which i'm kind of starting to think it is but uh um, yeah i don't i don't think i'll be seeing it this weekend like either one of my kids are like "Eh, why would they we already have the animated movie we've seen. I don't, I don't want to see this. I'm like, oh, I get it. No, we don't have to. Yeah. Now, the, the interesting thing is some of them uh, are much more interesting to look at as far as, you know, anticipation. Like when Jungle Book, that trailer came out, I'm like, oh. At first, I wasn't sold. But then everyone else got excited. Then more trailers came out. I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Now, my kids are excited about The Lion King, like when they saw that trailer. Well, it's the same thing yeah. that they did with Jungle Book. It, it's an inventive um re like n- new way to tell the story right. using a different medium and different technology so it's like mm-hmm. oh they're not just repackaging where this feels like what they did with uh beauty and the beast mm-hmm. no for note yeah right mm-hmm. nothing new almost shot for shot yeah yeah um and the next uh, movie is book smart i actually don't know a lot about this movie uh but it looks it looks interesting. Uh, I think it's like a coming of age. It's uh, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. Yeah, yeah. I know that. And I flew back from South by Southwest on a plane filled with the cast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, Were I, they my, talking about it at all? No, my <laughs> wife saw it at South by Southwest, and she, mm-hmm. she had a lot of fun. She said mm-hmm. it was okay. a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. So, but that's all I know about it either. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, so check it out uh, with that. Um, um, Jason Sudeikis is in it. Oh, okay. And, and then, yeah, a bunch of young kids. Youngies. Right. Bunch mm-hmm. of younger Yeah, a bunch youngies. of youngies. And, uh, of course, the really creepy anti-superhero movie Brightburn also comes out this weekend. That lo- I mm. want to see. I keep seeing trailers for that. Yeah. They're basically the same one. But I'm always like, after we watched it last week, right. I really want to see this. Now, James- what if Superman went bad? That's yeah. all they yeah. did. And they, it was now, the pitch. That was the, and they made it. Now, James Gunn is producing. I'm sure that's how it got made. Uh, Aaron, why don't you read me the uh, names of the writers on this movie? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a... Yeah. <laughs> so this like but, uh, irredeemable the comic series where it, that's not Superman going bad, but it's a Superman like character. It is, it but is honestly, like, yeah. this is even closer to Superman, where okay. it's like All right. um, uh, alien baby raised in the heartland has the same powers apparently as Superman, mm-hmm. but just it goes uh, bad. Yeah. So so that's yeah. No relation to James Gunn, I'm sure. <laughs> So I think but the, that's a good I think, sign, though, I think the Gunn not... family got together yeah. and uh, cooked up this movie. What's that? Any of... Brother and cousin. Mm-hmm. Brother. All right. So right. all the guns mm-hmm. that weren't in John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now the thing that intrigues me about this is it's really not even going anti superhero. It's going one step further into horror movie territory for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um but what I also like is kind of the mystery about it. Like, what's that symbol that he keeps scribbling in the trailers? Like, what does that mean? And what's his origin? I, I think it's, it, like you say, it's not anti-superhero, but it is a good answer to cape fatigue. Right. To anyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, we've had enough superhero. Well, we haven't had this superhero no, story. Uh-uh. Well, it's not even, it's about, uh-oh, 
Like, what would you do if they went and how bad? would you stop it? We've had those characters in superhero right. movies, like mm-hmm. the X-Men and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. the, the, the people with the yep. superpowers that went wrong. Right. Dark Phoenix is going to be that. Again. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it kind of goes back to what made the first... You have first... to find a rock of Burnanite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you remember the first season of Heroes. Right. What made that so cool and inventive? I mean, this is 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, they're all kind of like what made the Watchmen interesting was like, if people actually had powers, they all wouldn't be waving the flag and helping everybody and getting cats out of trees. Some of them would be like, fuck this. I'm going to do some evil shit. What would they do with it? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's interesting. That show was ahead of its time. And then couldn't have gone more far off the rails after a couple I've of I've never seen a TV show. Yeah, took such a dive, such a plummet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a writer's strike that kind of just derailed it, wasn't it? I think that second I, season came right in the middle of there that. Was some of the, there was a writer's strike. Yeah. And then I also remember hearing that they tied up all, because the first season went so bananas. It was a, it was a blockbuster, you know, ratings mm. wise. They tied up all these actors in these huge, heavy contracts. Right. And so they couldn't kill anybody off mm-hmm. or do anything interesting with the characters, which what made season one so interesting is you thought, oh, this character's awesome. Oh God, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And they were like, so then we had to kind of the right combine with the writer strike, kind of had to rehash mm-hmm. all these. It was just like nothing became interesting anymore. Yep. And then everything just, oh, this is a random event every week that's yeah. going to happen that makes no sense or doesn't follow the story or the past two or three seasons. <laughs> So, uh, and then there was, I remember there was all this uh, um, publicity and press like, oh, no, no, new writing staff, we're turning the ship and like, you know, keep stay, keep watching, it's going to get better. And then it never did. Never did. <laughs> so never. then they tried, they did a revival, like Heroes Reborn, they tried to re-bring oh, yeah. out the season series, that. but uh, by then everyone was like, look, you already screwed us over once. Not we're not, the, the, your chances are over. You're done. We're not watching this dumb The thing. lightning in the bottle's out. Yeah. It's over. You got so, an empty bottle. Yeah. Remember, remember, your first show came out before the Marvel movies were hitting. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah we're uh, done you, now. You missed it. It's yeah, over. Yeah. So all right. So and coming out this week, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is our show at uh, four sixty eight, guys. Yeah. Tom uh, Merritt, where can people find you on the internet? And in the uh, um, uh, isn't there a, a network name? Frog Pants? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, the Frog Pants mm-hmm. Network is, is what I'm a part of. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Scott Johnson's network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I feel like I have to admit that I, I wrote a time travel book. That's a novel. About you should be admitting that. A, for a sure. time traveler mm-hmm. named Pilot X. But when? Uh, when I, did you write it? It was <laughs> over so many decades. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, uh, it's about a time traveler who realizes that to stop this devastating time war, he has to uh, destroy all of his people and two other races. And he doesn't really want to do that because that sounds awful. Uh, mm-hmm. And and how he comes to his decision about that is what that, that novel is about. It's called Pilot X. Uh, and you can find it at TomMerrittBooks.com. Oh, great. Is it also, can I get it on Kindle on Amazon yeah, too? Yeah, it's Kindle, audiobook, uh, print, all, all of that. Oh, great. So, yeah. Okay. Wherever fine books are sold. Uh, and mm-hmm. anything else, uh, all the other podcasts I do and everything, uh, if you want to keep track of that, I have a newsletter at freetomnewsletter.com. All right. Because uh, there's no charge. Oh, I was going to say because you're in prison. Is that <laughs> also? Is that, it really sounds like you are. Yeah. Two thousand yeah. subscribers, I will go free. Can we let let's start yeah. a protest yeah. of free Tom Merritt? <laughs> yes. Keep subscribing until I'm yeah free Tom Merritt loose. newsletter. It's like all right, let's keep going until he's free. 
We got to get Ma- yeah, yeah. Tom Merritt off from behind bars, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this via Skype. He's in a federal correctional yeah, yeah. institution. Oh, no, it's different bars. It's, you know, pubs. and. <laughs> oh, Tom has a drinking problem. So that's what we're trying to get. Free me from it. Get it free him from his never-ending pub crawl. He thinks he's 19, and it's just causing a lot of problems. <laughs> thanks, you guys, for having me again. Dude, really thanks. Fun. Always Absolutely. great having you on the yeah. show. Always great, great having you on the show. Um, so, uh, and uh, everything's on iTunes, all those shows. and we can Yeah, you, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all the places podcasts are you can look for daily tech news show cord killers sword and laser etc awesome check out tom all that business he's got <laughs> go to tom's all that business.gov or whatever yeah. the hell his website <laughs> is and, and free tom merit whatever the hell yeah, it's yeah, yeah whatever that shit he's got yeah. cooking up over there he's a podcast spook yeah he is he is he's podcast deep state yeah. tom merit jailing himself intentionally yes, yes. i don't trust it i don't trust it false at all. flags everywhere oh, that's all he is that's one of his podcasts should be false flags yeah free tom Merritt from the grips of the nsa everybody yes. get him out from underneath make him yep. turn him into a snowden yep they're making him do all that stuff over and over again oh god it's horrifying it's just it's just free you'd think a time machine would be fun i know it's not it's not as fun as you'd think it's a big headache uh, folks, that is it. Episode 468, halfway to 936. You thought I forgot. You're wrong. Oh, I didn't. I knew it was coming. Goddamn, mm-hmm. buckle up. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, quarter of the way to uh, 1862. <laughs> 1872. Shit. Uh, um, well, no one corrected you. Uh, what are they going to do? <laughs> Um, someone will be on Twitter. Graham took too long to set up the things, and his math was wrong. On a free podcast, it's just a joke about how many podcasts they've done. Um, <laughs> the worst part is he was reading that. I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> And I don't know why they would make a tweet in that voice. I don't know why. All Twitter sounds like that. It does. It really does. Mm -hmm. It's either some version of that. I didn't like the ending to Game of Thrones. Well, then shut up. You shouldn't have been spending money on HBO. I never watched one episode. I didn't care about it. The ending didn't bother me at all. Mm. How's that sound? Yeah. Assholes. Uh, By the way, the last season was a little rushed, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did see. Too. I did see somebody went. They did a close up on like a scene of a bunch of guys sitting at a table and mm-hmm. whatever Mulderdorf or wherever they live. <laughs> Mulderdorf and. Uh, <laughs> And they go 15 million an episode and someone couldn't catch this. And you see a water bottle behind Mm. one of the guy's feet. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Pay attention, folks. That's why I didn't watch. Yeah. That's why. Because of the uh, continuity (laughs) errors. Too many continuity errors. (laughs) Coffee cup, water bottle, forget it. And dragons? Fuck you. I'm out. This is ridiculous. There's not dragons in this fake world or wherever (laughs) you're living and whatever. Mulder Dash. Anyway, Progressive Comedy Tour, folks. Next <laughs> month, Rob Lacone and I, June 12th through the 19th, we're going to D.C., B- Baltimore, two nights in Philly, New Haven, Connecticut, New York City, and Boston. June 12th through the 19th. Go to GrahamAtwood.com for all of my tour dates. All right, check that out. And also, long ago and far away, up on Comixology, issue four dropping this week. Check it out. Only $1.99 per issue. So you could uh, check it out. A lot of CFN Easter eggs that fans are finding in them, for sure. And the last episode, the last issue had uh, one Game of Thrones Easter egg in it. So oh, you can find it. well. I so, water uh, so check it out. It's a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a water bottle, yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, check it out. That is our show, Graham. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, Aaron Brungart, and everyone here at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Hellwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Free Tom Merritt. <laughs>